working here. And we are live. Welcome to episode 68 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I am your host, Lisa Nowakowski, and I'm a fifth grade teacher here in South Monterey County in California. And welcome to 2019, our first episode for us this year. Um, just a reminder that we have a 15 minute format because ain't nobody got more time than that. And as always, we start off with a coffee fact. And did you know that drinking decaf coffee actually helps the soda industry? Mm -hmm. So after the coffee beans are decaffeinated, several of the coffee manufacturers sell the caffeine um, to soda and pharmaceutical companies. Interesting. Uh, tonight, our guest is Nicole Beardsley. We're so excited. Um, she will be talking to us about HyperDocs. What else? So, Nicole, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Thanks, Lisa. And thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited. Um, so, I'm Nicole Beardsley. I'm at Beardsley Teach on Twitter. And I am an equity TOSA in Campbell, California. Um, that's the San Jose area. I have a little cold tonight, too, everybody. I don't normally sound this amazing. <laughs> it's January. Um, yeah, and I have been in the HyperDoc world for a couple of years now. And when I was a classroom teacher, I was just blown away at how it transformed my teaching. And ever since I first learned about HyperDocs, I just started to dive right into them and create them. And now I'm at a place where I'm super passionate about sharing HyperDocs with other teachers and getting other teachers to kind of drink the HyperDoc Kool-Aid. So I'm excited to be on the show tonight to chat HyperDocs with you. And we're excited too. Um, we love that you share everything and that you're so passionate about HyperDocs. I've seen you present and it's so fun um, to watch you um, do those things. So for those people who aren't sure, what is a HyperDoc? So I like to describe a HyperDoc as more a state of mind than an actual thing. So technically, a HyperDoc is a transformative digital lesson package that you, the teacher, create that has basically everything you want in your lesson put in the hands of your students. It's an innovative way to kind of take the old worksheet style of teaching and kind of transform it into more 21st century instruction and building in those four C elements, the collaboration piece and the creativity piece. Um, and it's all packaged through the Google tools. So the things about HyperDocs is not just an interactive Google Doc with links in it. HyperDoc can be anything from a slide deck or uh, even a Google Maps can be considered a HyperDoc. The, the whole thing about HyperDocs is the intention in the creation and the pedagogy behind the design that makes it a HyperDoc. I, when I make HyperDocs, I always think about not just what am I curating, what resources am I putting together for my students to learn from, but then what do I want them to do with that learning and how do I want them to apply it and then go through those inquiry cycles of reflecting on their learning and sharing it with one another and commenting on one another. That whole process is what makes a HyperDoc a HyperDoc. I love that. And we so often hear, you know, pedagogy before the tool and you follow that uh, right along with it, which is awesome. So 
you touched on this already, how it's a little bit different from um, worksheets. I've also heard um, people refer to them as web quests, which automatically sends me back to like 1997 um, with a web quest. Um, it, it's not a web quest. Um, it's a little bit different. So can you also explain um, that difference too? Right. So I actually had to look this up because I never did web quests when I was in school. And so it kind of placed me on the teacher age range there. <laughs> but yeah, so a web quest, for those who aren't familiar as well, started in the mid 90s when the World Wide Web came to classrooms, came to schools, and they're still around today. And basically a web quest is a task that a teacher can create using resources on the internet that the teacher specifically goes out and finds for the stu students to use to finish uh, the task designed by the teacher. Usually there's an end product like a presentation or um, like a paper they have to write. So HyperDocs have a lot of things in common with WebQuest in terms of inquiry and collaboration. But going back to what I said before, the design of a hyperdoc, the purpose of it is student learning. It's the process that students go through where the outcome is. They're a deeper understanding of what it is they're supposed to be learning. They're, they're able to apply it. Um, it's completely customizable and differentiated, which a web quest you can't do. Um, Hyperdocs can be for all different ages. All grade levels can do hyperdocs, even the K2 can too. And that's not always the case with WebQuest. Same thing for English language learners or struggling readers. It's not just clicking a bunch of links on the internet, reading the information and recording it. Hyperdocs do have links to resources on the internet most times. You can also incorporate even like your adopted curriculum can be a resource you use when you build your hyperdoc or in-class resources. It's not about where the information is coming from. It's what are you having your kids do with it? What are they creating or applying that knowledge to as a result of those cur uh, curated resources that you do as a teacher? So um, I, I this is kind of my new platform I'm on now. I'm waving my they're not web quests flag <laughs> because I feel like that's that's something we do as teachers. We see something and we're like, oh, that looks familiar. It looks like this thing I used to do so it must be the same instead and then sometimes that shuts people uh, from having an open mind to something that's actually really awesome and quite different so yeah definitely not a web quest web quests have their place and they're pretty cool too but hyperdocs are something totally different thank you for that and I I didn't mean to put you on the spot with that question you <laughs> said passionate I told you you warned everybody Lisa <laughs> um and so you did touch on this a little bit about how you can differentiate uh, a hyperdoc so um can you talk a little bit more about that yeah absolutely this is one of my favorite uh I guess features of what hyperdocs can do in your classroom so as a teacher when I'm sitting in front of the classroom doing a whole class instruction I don't really know what information is going into my students' brains and staying there. And when I'm differentiating and I'm hopping around from student to student or group to group, it's hard to kind of keep tabs on how everyone's doing and am I 
reaching the needs of each individual student, depending on whatever it is that they need. With a HyperDoc, I can embed all of those different elements of differentiation right into the HyperDoc itself. In a HyperDoc, the extensions are built into the HyperDoc itself. So my advanced learners aren't being held back by me or the rest of the class. They can do what they need to do. They can skip the practice part and go directly to the apply part if that's where they're at. And they can spend the period working on an awesome extension that I created for them to work on that's related to the lesson. And that frees me up to go work with the students who actually do need my one-on-one -on -one support, maybe. I've actually created uh, lessons where I've made two different hyperdocs around the same topic that I scaffolded down a little bit more for maybe my more struggling readers or my English language learners. And so they're working on the same concept, just a different looking hyperdoc than say students who are at a more advanced level. So this is really good in the middle school, which is where I work, where in one classroom, I had students reading at ninth and 10th grade levels, and I had students reading at kinder first, second grade levels. So as a teacher, I can put everything I need in this one resource, send it out to them. The students who can work collaboratively together or, or can work independently can go and do that. And then I can pull a small group of students and walk through the HyperDoc with them. So for me, differentiation with the HyperDoc is just a no-brainer. It just goes hand in hand so well. That is that is so great because you know as we know we're we're getting more and more into you know like MTSS and the multi tiers and having all of those things in the classroom for the students to access. Um, so you've talked about that you create. Um, so even before I get to creating though, I want to go, may, maybe this is my first go around and I'm, I'm interested in hyperdocs, but I don't want to create my own right off. Where can I find them and how much do they cost? So this is one of, <laughs> another one. It was a loaded question. I know I set you up for that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is another part of hyperdocs that I love so much and it's the community that has been created around HyperDocs and educators who have been using HyperDocs in their classrooms and, the, and have adopted this mindset. The spirit of HyperDocs really is, I create them to use with my classroom, but I'm also going to openly share them with all educators to find and use for free because the idea is we are all better when we put ourselves together. Our students all benefit when we are collectively collaborating as teachers and as educators. And I may come up with a pretty awesome hyperdoc, but when I share it out into the world, another teacher may see it and, bar and remix it. Hashtag file make a copy is the protocol for when you find a hyperdoc that you like, don't request access, just go to file make a copy and you have your very own version. And then you can add your own spin on that hyperdoc, which makes it even better but also you are personalizing it for the needs of your individual students, which going back to the WebQuest thing, that was something that you couldn't do before with WebQuest. Now I know exactly what my students need and I can add that as a HyperDoc creator too. I can look around and see awesome ideas that other educators have shared 
that I wouldn't have thought of myself. And I've done that so many times, even from simple things to font choices and color combinations, just different different versions of design that people have when they put on their HyperDocs, because that's all part of the packaging of a HyperDoc is making it visually appealing for students and making it more engaging. But also the content itself, it's just awesome to be a part of something that people are openly sharing for free because I feel like that should be the spirit of, of making education better, not nickel and diming each other and charging each other for these uh, lessons. It's all about coming together as a community of educators to improve education for our kids. Thank you. And um, you did mention like remixing and file make a copy. Um, my students all know that they I have your sticker. Um, yeah, I love <laughs> um, it. But when we remix, I actually uh, ended up remixing one uh, last night. Remember to keep the original author's um, credit on there as well. Right, they put a lot of time on that. Right, yeah. We want to model good digital citizenship for our students too. You know, so when a student sees a hyperdoc that has another teacher's name on it, then it's an opportunity for us to have that little side conversation um, about digital citizenship. And yeah, this teacher created this and I thought it was awesome. So I remixed it and made it work for us. And I always told my kids, isn't it awesome? They shared it for free. I didn't have to pay for it. Um, so it's kind of cool. And it kind of gives kids the, the bigger picture that Wow, it's not just my teacher who cares about me. There's teachers everywhere doing things like this for their kids. So, yeah, definitely be a good digital citizen and give a shout out to the original creator. Um, a lot of HyperDoc creators are using the Digital Commons licensing things now, but it's really just as simple as just shouting people out and leaving their original uh, citations on their hyperdocs when you find their original ones yeah yeah this this person didn't it must have been a, a one a, a more original one from a while back didn't have their name on it so i had to go back into the website to find their name and i put their name on it so that my students could see that i didn't create it they're used to seeing me create it so That's digital awesome. citizenship is so important for sure for sure yeah um, so one last question. So if we do want to create one and get into that, um, are there any basic guidelines? What, how, how, where do we start? Yeah. So I always send people to the HyperDocs website as an excellent resource to start. And it's hyperdocs.co, C-O. And on that website, there are a ton of templates to start. The HyperDoc Girls, Lisa Highfill. Uh, Kelly Hilton and Sarah Landis, their story is on there. And they've spent a lot of time building that website to just have some really helpful guides to get the, the beginning novice HyperDoc user going. There's also a really awesome section of the website called Teachers Give Teachers. And that's a place where teachers are uploading their HyperDocs for free. So you can go on there and search by content area or subject matter and find other HyperDocs that teachers have created. Um, Twitter is another really awesome resource that I recommend to people, even if you aren't on Twitter, you can use it like a search engine, which I regularly do. And you can just type in the search bar. If you're looking for like fifth grade weather hyperdocs, you can go on Twitter and you can see what teachers have been sharing for free on there. 
There's also a HyperDocs Facebook group, which I think is in the 15,000-ish member number at this point, which is insane. I remember it was like under a thousand when I think when it first started, it was crazy. And now it's just all over the country, all over the world, uh, teachers on that group and sharing HyperDocs they've created. It's kind of formed into little subgroups too. I think there's like a home ec HyperDoc users group now, which is really awesome. So social media, I mean, really leveraging the power of that. That's really how teachers are connecting now and getting these really good uh, digital lesson content ideas from one another. So you can even just search, do a simple Google search about HyperDocs because there's so much out there now. People are really starting to catch on about HyperDocs and sharing their spin on them too. So there's a lot of places you can find out more information. And, you know, conferences or workshops, keep an eye out for HyperDoc presenters, because usually there are people who are doing some cool stuff too. Thank you so much. You were so full of information and the time went by so quickly. So we will have links um, and resources posted uh, on both our um, YouTube channel and on our website. Um, so we want to thank everybody for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment to let us know. And tonight's comment question is, what is one area where you can incorporate HyperDocs into your classroom? Now, if you are already a HyperDoc user, please tell us your story and how you use it in your classroom. And join us on Monday, January 21st, when our guest will be Stacy Cool. So please don't forget to subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. If you like this show, and of course you do, um, please rate us and leave a review on iTunes, and it makes it easier for others to find us. Please remember, we are always looking for guests uh, to share great things that they're doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone who fits the bill, or if it's you, um, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thank you, and we'll see you in two weeks.